0: In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions. Be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote, from accommodation to zoos, The chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht good blether. And you could also join in our blethers on social media. You can find us as at Scottish Blethers on both Facebook and Instagram. We post additional content during the week that supports the podcast episode.
1: We love making the podcasts and would love it if you could share them with your friends and leave a review on the platform of your choice.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 74 of Scottish Blethers. I'm Liz Lister. And I'm Helen Houston. And if you think that we're sounding as if we're in tandem, you're absolutely correct. Because for the first time ever, we're doing it live in the same room. Because my computer, unfortunately, is undergoing
1: open heart surgery. So this was a necessity. So we're sitting here. I will have a wee glass of wine so we can put up with each other sitting together and because it's valentine's day too we're toasting our absent valentines <laughs> yeah you can tell our love life is very healthy we're both sitting here on valentine's i do hope that my
0: husband's going to have my dinner ready by the time i go home but it is february the 14th it is saint valentine's day and so what else could we do on this edition but a talk about scottish saint valentine's day and some scottish heartthrobs oh yes that sounds that sounds a good a good plan I did tell Helen to put the kettle on as I was coming down, but the wine, the box of wine was opened and she twisted my arm. So, I yes, so. <laughs> found two large
1: glasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we didn't know whether to drink it or swim in it. However, what we lack in technical quality this week, hopefully, we'll make up in spontaneity as we have
1: a true blather. But Liz, do you remember back at school getting all these valentines? Listen to me, getting all <laughs> these valentines. I mean, it was it was oh. What life wasn't worth living if you didn't get one Valentine.
0: Well, you see already you're doing something very Scottish, Helen, because you're using the word Valentine to describe oh, the cards. Oh,
1: that's right. right?
0: Yeah. So in Scotland, because it's in Valentine's Day, when you get a card, it's a token of love and affection, or maybe it's 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 wishful thinking of love and affection. But when you get it,
1: it's called a Valentine. So when you got at school, you got up and you said, How many Valentines did you get? oh yes and you really sometimes you had to make up a number especially <laughs> if you're if you're if it was the you the girl who's obviously had everything and she was clutching a fistful you go, oh yes well of course the post hadn't come yet <laughs> so I'll know when I get home tonight <laughs> I think it was
0: at its peak when we were in primary school because there it was a oh, big yes. thing about giving valentines and you went to school and you had your valentines that had arrived in the post and you you thought who is it who is it that sent it and your various spies would be sent out to detect who who it was and in my case I had two valentines in primary school and they were both from what you would call inadequate
1: (laughs) which says a lot. Yeah. Well it it was quite interesting because I went to an all-girls primary school so but so, but Valentines were still very important there. But I think sometimes the dads yes. had a wee hand in putting a Valentine on the breakfast table so that some, they, everybody had something. And
0: by the time you got to secondary school, people were pairing up, and so it was a sign of true love. You know, even if it only did last three weeks or so, yes. you know, you got your Valentine, and it would be on the outside. It would be. S-W-A-L-K, sealed oh. with a loving
1: kiss. And then you'd put the lipstick on, pack it yes. up, to leave the imprint on the envelope. Gosh. right. Oh, yeah. But there was all these things and you had to write rhymes inside. Roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and I love you. Oh. <laughs> we well, remember these acronyms, things like B-M-V,
0: which is Be My Valentine, um, sealed with a loving kiss, as you've said there already. But a lot of them originated during World War II when their censors meant that they couldn't send love letters and so they had to think of some code. And so we have many of these acronyms developed during World War II. For example, Italy. I trust and love you. Oh, Malaya. My ardent lips await your arrival. Holland. Hope our love lasts and never dies. Now, I have to tell you, folks, that there were several other ones which Helen has banned me from saying. So if you want to know, go in and look
1: up World War II acronyms and you'll get some juicy ones in there. I've, I've had the the blue pencil out since Liz came down here. <laughs> She's an old spoil sport.
0: But as well as the cards, you've also got the love messages. You mentioned the poems inside. Yes, you had yes. to be very
1: creative, maybe an odd drawing or two.
0: And then gifts. Of course, there's the oh, traditional
1: gifts yes yes i think i think the the red rose sellers used to do a, a big trade sending us a, a single red rose wrapped in cellophane absolutely i never got one of those i never
0: got one of those either not no and in the shops the the price of the bouquets and the red oh. rose is astronomical yes. i mean basically at this time of year it's the sort of celebration between christmas and easter
1: yes and the shops start getting the cards in in, yes. in January, that's right. Yeah, no, it used to sometimes, I remember going out for a meal. And this was back in the, would be the late 60s, actually, going out for a meal. And those were the days, Liz, when you had half bottle of wine, because there was only two of you at dinner. So, you had to have a half bottle of Matthias Rosy. <laughs> and, and you, you are looking at our glasses to, tonight, Liz. I think we've got more than the half bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you see, but you never had a whole bottle if there was just two. Oh, tell him. So, oh, no,
0: Matthias Rosy and um, Blue Nun. Blue Nun, yes. Liebfra Milch. You know, it
1: was all of these, you know, that were there. That was really classy. It was re- really classy. And of course, with the Matthias Rosy bottle, you took it home because you then made it into a put a ca- a candle in it and you just had that remembering your Lovely Valentine's meal out. Yep. But if you were really classy, I mean going
0: back and going back to the sort of um sixteenth century, the days of Mary Queen of Scots, the traditional love token that was given on Valentine's Day was a Luckin' booth brooch.
1: Now the Luckin' Booths, Helen, tell us about them. Yeah the luck and booths were these locked booths, locked to little shops, wooden shops. Quite often on the high on the high street in Edinburgh or in the in any of the towns really on the marketplace. And these Luckin Booths brooches would be brooches that you'd buy there and they were very distinctive
0: weren't they they were it's thought that it was mary queen of scots that first started this tradition but it was two hearts intertwined and it was said that mary queen of scots gave one to
1: henry lord darnley well that wasn't a match it was certainly (laughs) not made in England. That didn't work out too well. And quite often these Booth brooches had, you know, as they became a little bit more extravagant, the little pearls in them as well and maybe a little, little ruby or something or a garnet. They were just lovely wee brooches. Yep,
0: still given. Today there's a lovely jewellers in Victoria Street, Claxons. That's where oh. I got my wedding ring. I love that. And jewellers. Yeah, they do beautiful Booth yes. brooches, so yeah.
1: I haven't got one of those mind you Helen. No, no. My, my, my mother did have one of those but I think it was my, my niece that got that because she always admired it so my mother left her the Luckenbooth brooch. Very nice.
0: Now, nowadays things quite different when it comes to Valentine's Day. Of course you're expected to take your significant other out for a
1: lovely meal so mm-hmm. the hotels and the restaurants do very well at this time of year. Yes, and they've got the big, they've got a lot of um, sort of offers on and sort of for these Valentine's Day dinners. Or even if you're not going out, even something like you could go to Marks and Spencers and get a Valentine's meal for two. That's exactly what I
0: was going to say, Helen. As you get older, instead of taking you out, you're lucky if you get a meal for two. And you're talking luxury. It was twenty pounds for a Marks and Spencers yes. meal today. It was fifteen in Tesco. Oh, so it was fifteen
1: in Tesco. So <laughs> I've left my an husband
0: answer. cooking it. Too. Oh, good for you. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Oh, well. So, well, Liz, apart from Valentine's, we had
0: heartthrobs as well. Yes. I mean, with it being Valentine's Day, we were reflecting on, in our case, we were looking at males that Scotland has produced. So so very sorry, we might do another episode on females in the future, but it was male heartthrobs that Helen and I had an eye on. and We were taking a look. And of course, when we say male heartthrob, Helen, who
1: comes to mind as the oh, classic male heartthrob oh, absolutely sean it has to be sean connery he is just i think i think liz there's quite a few people yeah they might still be around to be searching in their attics for the drawings that they did when they were at Edinburgh Art School. When Sean Connery was a life model, he was indeed many jobs. He was a milk delivery
0: man. He was he carried sacks of coal. Actually, worked for an undertaker as well before he went down to London. And he had trained his body up. He was he was great at going to the gym. And his buddies egged him on and entered him for the Mister Universe competition.
1: Ah, yes. Yes. So he was a
0: bodybuilder, and he went down to London and he got a,
1: a role in the. Line of South Pacific. I I knew he'd done that, and that would, and of course, that really his whole persona would be right for that. Yeah, he's singing and dancing. (laughs) He couldn't sing, he couldn't dance, but he looked good, and he got spotted by Cubby Broccoli, and the rest is history. And yes, he became James Bond, and really, he he was quite a, I think he'd one film or two films that he tried to do a non Scottish accent in, (laughs) and they were really almost as bad as Dick Van Dyke trying to do a Cockney (laughs) accent. I mean, they were really, really poor. So he stuck to his Scottish accent. Yes, but he looked good, particularly
0: in those little trunks that he used to (laughs) wear—James Bond ones. Yes, he he did look good. And of course, you know, moving forward, I mean, our um, younger generations—you know—have a whole different perception of him. You know, in later life, he was controversial, but when he was, you know, in the '60s, when he was James Bond, he was—he was next to God. But of course, moving forward to more recently, you know, Scotland has a lot of
1: heartthrobs when it comes to the (gasps) movies. You know, it's quite surprising when you go in and look. There's quite a list of people from Scotland who have become real movie stars. Hollywood stars, yeah. To who are some of your favourites? Well, one of the ones that I, I looked at, David Tennant. Now, he's not quite a Hollywood star, but he has done quite a, something on American television. Some of our listeners might know him better for his role as Doctor Who. You know When he played Doctor Who very well, he was a lifelong fan of Doctor Who, the the programme. So when he got the chance to do Doctor Who, he just jumped at it. But apart from that, he is also a very much respected Shakespearean actor. You know, Hamlet is one of his better roles. But he, I don't know whether you saw it, Liz, but during lockdown, he and Michael Sheen did this. As you know, we were all doing everything by Zoom on lockdown and that the actors were doing zoom as well so michael sheen another welsh actor he is and david tennant did a zoom recorded a zoom of the two of them sitting in their kitchens (laughs) and it was just so clever i don't think it was unscripted i think it was very scripted but it was very very cleverly done and very humorous David Tennant has a great humour as well. He really does. I love David Tennant. He's such a
0: brilliant actor as oh. well. You know, I didn't see that, hell. I didn't see the Zoom, but I watched Dez, oh, which oh. was about the real-life serial killer. And honestly, you could make the hairs rise yes. on the
1: back of your neck. Was he was so convincing. Very good. And just, just the tone of his voice and that, you just felt... It was scary, actually, yeah. it was scary. So he's not your classically good-looking, but he's just got that little aura about yes, him that's definitely yes, yes. sexy. Yes. Sexiest money, think, I think he was actually voted sort of Britain's sexiest male for what, at one year. I could understand you know, why. Just, you know, he's just got that.
0: But a lot of our, our movie heartthrobs, our Scottish movie heartthrobs, the more traditional, rugged looking. I'm thinking of somebody like Gerard Butler. I love Gerard Butler and he is your sort of, your rugged looks, but your naughty boyish charm, that little twinkle in his eye. And he, of course, is famous for playing all the gods and heroes like David Tennant. You know, he's been television, he's been film, but also strong tradition in the theatre as well. But people know him for things like King Leonidas in 300, which was when the 300 warriors went to war. The Persian army. But the one that that is actually, when I think of him, one called Of Men and Mavericks. And this was when he was playing the mentor to Jay Moriarty, which is a, a surfer. In oh, California. Yeah. And the Mavericks are these huge waves that come in this place called Maverick, which is close, I think, to Venice Beach in California. And they can be up to 60 feet high. And of course, Gerard Butler is a real action man and he loves surfing. So he was getting right in there and he got hit by one of these huge waves, which knocked him over. And it's when they keep you underneath oh. the surface. So he had a, a real close shave there which he got injured luckily not severely but it made him think twice about his life so a real mm-hmm. action
1: man. And I think it's Jared Butler like some of the other people that we're going to talk about when he's been going to some of these big presentations the Oscars or something like that he takes his mum. Yes you know, yeah. And that's really nice You know just I think rather than Put himself into a position Where the whole world Starts chatting <laughs> that if he takes his mum He's giving her A lovely night out <laughs> Among the stars And, and nobody will chat Which is quite good <laughs> No he spends his time He's split between Los Angeles And uh,
0: Glasgow He goes backwards And forwards He went to He studied law Originally At Glasgow oh, University goodness, yes. But then he uh, Got chucked out Of the law firm A week before he qualified Because of hard drinking And that's a common Common oh, theme to yes, a lot of these yes. a lot of these movie
1: heartthrobs yes, from Scotland. Yes. Another
0: common theme is philanthropy.
1: Oh yes, because David Tennant, who we've talked about, he is very much into I think it's UNESCO that he's very involved in. But his father was a minister and a moderator of the Church of Scotland, David Tennant, and he still says that. You know, he still has that He's I think he describes himself as an occasional churchgoer <laughs> Because I think it's just so much in, ingrained in him Yep, another one that's very high in the philanthropy stakes And another
0: one that everybody thinks of When they think of Scottish heartthrobs Ewan McGregor Oh yes, yes, from Creeft, not too far from here Absolutely, his parents were both teachers I knew his father when uh, he was teaching in Morrison's Academy He was a PE teacher and then was guidance Where right. uh, I, I knew him from But Ewan McGregor uh probably best known as obi-wan Kenobi, yes um, yes, for the younger generations anyway, playing the prequel movies um to uh Star Wars, but probably his greatest claim to fame was actually train spotting that's the one oh, that made him yes,
1: yes, and that's where he looks he looks so dreadfully he hardly call him a heartthrob in that film absolutely but... he he lost two stone yes. and he had
0: his his hair. All shaved off because he was playing a drug addict in yes. *Leith*. And um, so, Irvin Welsh's *Train Spotting*, which was voted as one of the top ten films of the twentieth century. Oh yes, it's a very, very powerful, very scary one, but I think true to life. Unfortunately, and I think one of the things that um, you can say about Ewan McGregor is he's so versatile. You know, but unlike you know Sir Jared Butler, who's playing the heroes and the gods and all the rest of it. I mean, if you look at the credits for you and McGregor, he's got absolutely everything. Obi Wan Kenobi, he's got Chain um, spotting. He's got uh, Moulin Rouge, where he played oh, against wait, Nicole and, and Kidman. And singing,
1: yes, he yeah. did singing and dancing there. Too, didn't as he did.
0: actually did Jared Butler, because that's something you don't think of with Jared Butler, but he actually played the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera. Andrew Lloyd Webber asked him to audition and
1: was really impressed by his voice, so he's got singing credits yes, as that- well. That's amazing. Well, the other thing about Ewan McGregor is he did, I think he's done two sort of documentary type programs where he and I think it was Charlie, Charlie Brooker took motorbikes and they went the length of Africa or... Or and then they went, did you go around America or the or the length of the Americas, didn't they? Well, that's right. And much of it was tied
0: up with UNICEF. Yes. Because coming back to this philanthropy, Ewan McGregor is an ambassador for UNICEF. And so a lot of these trips that they were making, they both love motorbikes, they were delivering vaccines on behalf of UNICEF. And he actually on one of his um on one of these trips in Mongolia, he actually came across a, a street urchin and um he brought her home and adopted her. So he has Two adopted, his four children, and
1: two of them are adopted. So a lot of work for UNICEF, UNICEF ambassador. And I'm just thinking that one of the things that we should perhaps mention, since we are podcasting, Liz, is that in 2019, David Tennant launched his own podcast titled David Tennant's Does a Podcast With... And the list of the people that he podcasted with, <laughs> uh, I think ours kind of pales into insignificance. He's got people like Whoopi Goldberg, Jodie Whittaker, Ian McKellen, Gordon Brown, you know, <laughs> you know Michael Sheen, you know, James Corden. So I think we've had to, we'll have to search out. Maybe some of our listeners would like to come and do a podcast yeah, with us. They just haven't heard of us yet, or they'd be flocking to get to <laughs> Scottish Pleathers' door. So who else have you got? Who's your guilty secret tell? Well, the the other one, I have to say, David McCallum, who played Ilya Kuryakin in Man from Uncle. Now we're really going back to childhood. You, you, just, Sorry, yes, you are. You're going back to the 60s, 60s and 70s. But Ilya Kuryakin was, was an actual heartthrob. At one time he got more fan mail in the 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 film, I can't remember what, which company he was with at that time, but the film company got more fan mail than any of the other stars including Elvis Presley. My goodness. Really? You know, So he was, because he he arrived on the scene in that one, Ilya Kuryakin, at the time of short back and sides haircuts, and he had the Beatles haircut, but in blonde. blonde yep. And the and he was also very good looking. Yeah, contrast and, to dark, suave Robert Vaughan. Well, that's right. And the, and the whole thing about Man From Uncle, it was supposed to be the vehicle for Robert Vaughan to, you know, for his acting career but Ilya Kuriakin was just a kind of a sidekick to kind of contrast as you say Robert Vaughn but he managed to build his role up to such a way that they they became co-stars and they had a fantastic chemistry on screen and of course he was just I think Robert Vaughn was maybe he applied he he was um, suited to another half of the population. But in the 60s and 70s, I quite liked Ilya Kuryakin. Yeah, but of course, most of our listeners won't
0: know of the man from UNCLE or Ilya Kuryakin, but they might know him in other formats because he's gone on to other greater
1: things. Yes, one of one of the things, the other thing he's most famous for is a role I think he's probably still doing, although he's, he was born in 1933, so he's getting on a wee bit. But certainly he had a contract in 2017-18 for... Is it NCIS where he is the forensic scientist who goes to the murder scenes or whatever? But I also didn't realise this. But he was so interested in the role in the forensics that he actually, in order to play the role properly, he learned as much as he could about forensic science in such a way that he was actually almost as knowledgeable as some of the the real you know the real forensic scientists, and he almost became but. Step back from consultant, forensic consultant to the series.
0: My goodness. Well, you mentioned earlier Doctor Who. So thinking of another contemporary heartthrob, a fan of Doctor Who was Diana Gabaldon. And she watched an episode in which there was a young man called Jamie who wore a kilt. And that was the inspiration for what would go on to become the Outlander series. So just like Cubby Broccoli was sitting watching the show of South Pacific and said, that is James Bond. Yeah. Similarly, when Diana Gabaldon came across Sam Hogan, I can never pronounce no, that. No, I can't. I can, Hogan, I can, see, it. I can see it. Can see it. Sam, <laughs> good old Sam, as I call him. Yeah. When she came across him, that was her hero that was to be her Jamie Fraser and of course he's gone on to be one of the biggest Scottish heartthrobs
1: yeah and he he's he's written a book is it men in kilts or something it's called That's right. Touring around Scotland. That's right, with his co-star,
0: Dougal, from Outlander, Graham McTavish. Two of them have travelled around, and uh, they had men in kilts, and then they went on to actually produce a book called Clanlands, Whiskey Warfare and Scottish Adventures. That was a bestseller in the New York list. So not only um, talented, he's he's got, again, stage and television and um, film credits to his name, but he's also... Again, very, very keen on philanthropy, works hard for charities, particularly blood cancer charities and testicular cancer. So, you know, giving something back, he's very much at the
1: forefront of that. I like to think that that's a Scottish thing. We're good at that, aren't we? I think we're very good at that. And we're very good at, 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 We've said this all along, Liz, keeping ourselves kind of in the background, that we don't we don't actually push ourselves forward. And I think that is true to many of the people that we that we're talking about tonight, that you know, they're they're just quietly getting on with the things. Okay, they might be flamboyant, they might be a little bit, you know, excessive, but they just get on with their jobs and in the background is this more humane characters just getting on with the doing good giving something back as you say yeah but nowadays
0: these actors aren't just one string to their bow I mean, if you take sam he's got his brand ambassador for barber clothing so he has oh, a new yes. range that comes out every day in 2020 he brought out his own whiskey and guess what it was called outlander sassana Sassenach. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness yes <laughs> so you were
0: Close there. So, you know, he's, he's yeah, very active entrepreneurs as well as yes.
1: actors. Anybody else? Well, I was thinking that one who you, you, you might not always associate as being a heartthrob, but I think many of our listeners will know of Alan Cumming. Oh, love Alan Clinton. And he, is, love he him. is just you just want to wrap him up in cotton wool. Sometimes. I just love him. Yes.
0: Just I've got a picture of him, just with that wee smile, yes. just as you say, it? and it just he just
1: melts the heart. That's right. And he's a love a lovely person too. And he's you know not had a, not had an easy life. He he wrote his his autobiography in which he told told us about his 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 up you know, growing up and I think for want of a better word, with an abusive father. And his mother, who worked very hard, couldn't afford to leave. But he he was born in Aberfeldy, which is just just up the road again in, in Highland, Perthshire. But they moved quite quickly to Carnoustie. But although he never lost his sort of love for Aberfeldy, because he was very much the figurehead when they were redoing, uh, refurbishing or bringing back to life, the Burke Cinema in Aberfeldy, which a beautiful art deco cinema, Alan Cumming lent his face, name, everything to it so it would help with them raising the money. So it was very it was very good. And I'm old
0: enough to remember him when he appeared, first came onto the scene in Take the High Road. That's
1: right. Which was yes. the
0: Scottish soap opera. Um so he <laughs> appeared in that, but many other will remember him. Um first and foremost, he was the master of ceremonies in uh Cabaret. Cabaret. Yeah, yep, yes. brilliant. And then he went on, he's become very famous for one man Shakespearean performances. And yes. um, so he's been on Broadway constantly. And others will remember him as Eli in The, the
1: Good Wife. Eli Gold. Is Eli Gold in The Good Wife, yes. And, and he, but all these people that we're talking about have received many, many awards for their work. But sometimes we think, oh, they've disappeared off the scene, but they're working away in the background on stage. And of course, we I think we're so tied up with television, we think if people are not on the telly or in the cinema, they must be out of work, but, but a lot of stage people. They're
0: all getting in on the act these days. We've had Ewan McGregor, Sam Hogan, he does walking. Um, he has television programmes on doing walking trails across Scotland. But Alan Cummings did one recently with Mir- Miriam Margulies.
1: Oh, um, oh yes. So he did. <laughs> <Marglies, laughs> yes. Miriam Margulies.
0: Yes. And, and he's just, when you get an insight into their personality, oh. he is just so funny it's
1: just I, I think it's wonderful and of course she has got such a dry humor anyway and she you oh for for our for our listeners you'll probably know her better she she played one of the professors in harry potter and that's hogwarts right. didn't she that's that's correct and so she's she's very very funny and, a, and a... when you say she's got a dry sense of humor helen
0: she is very rude oh, so she... If she came under your censorship there'd be a lot of blue <laughs> oh, pen going oh, through oh, anything no. that she wants to say i tell you
1: she is very outspoken and i could just imagine alan cummings with her he, he would be very much kind of a little smile saying oops <laughs> oops
0: <laughs> 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 but we can't finish a program on heartthrobs scottish heartthrobs without mentioning my favorite Andy Murray. Oh, yes, yes. I love Andy Murray. And, I mean, I just so wish they hadn't got his teeth done because, to me, he was perfect oh. before. And now he's got this beautiful set of gnashers that have obviously cost him thousands of pounds, you know. And
1: I just think, that hey, it's not you, Andy. Yeah. Oh. You know, I have to say, Liz, I haven't actually noticed him, so maybe it wasn't, wasn't money well spent. <laughs>
0: Well, I think I'm just obsessed. I've mentioned it before. I'm obsessed with yeah. teeth. After all these Zoom calls that I've yeah. been doing, and I'm waiting to get to a dentist for whitening. Oh. And then, you know, like Andy, when you look back to Andy's old teeth, he had a fine pair of canines yes. right and he's had them completely removed oh. they're now apparently I was reading this it was because his incisors next to them were too small and I had to look at mine again oh. and that's exactly what it is so I'm thinking maybe I'm not going to spend thousands on dental surgery because people will look at me on zoom and
1: think oh this teeth were much better the way they were <laughs> yes. yes no I think I think Andy Murray he really came into his own when he took part in a children in need or a, a comic relief, one of these um, fundraising things on television, where he was at, at the airport. That's right. And and he, he got into serious trouble then because he said something about when he was asked what team would he be supporting, sort of. And when when Scotland was playing, which which team would he be? Anyone. That's, Anybody, anything but England. Anyone, that's playing anyone, England anyone that's playing England I'll be supporting but you, know, he, he's got a very Scottish sense of humour he
0: has he's I, just very down to earth yes. but uh, as you probably saw in the news recently he got into big trouble because with all these heartthrobs they're just human and he's got really smelly feet oh. and so after <laughs> he's playing tennis he can't bring his shoes into the room because oh. it just stinks the room so while he's playing he can't wear his wedding ring and he takes it off and he ties it to the lace of his spare trainers. Mm -hmm. But recently, last year, he was um, playing at Indian Wells in the States and he brought his shoes home and there wasn't a balcony in his hotel bedroom so he put them underneath his car. But the shoes got stolen during the night so he knew that he'd lost his shoes but it didn't dawn on him. Oh, the his ring. ring as well. So he put out an appeal on Instagram and Twitter and all the social media, saying that you know if his life was to be worth living and he was to celebrate a, a happy Valentine's Day, could somebody return the shoes with the ring? Yes. And he got
1: them back. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, actually, that's quite a nice point, Liz, to kind of wind up her with a good positive note, getting the wedding ring back for uh, Andy Murray absolutely. Um, and so words of the week well word of the week i was thinking we're talking about you know all these lovely valentines and we didn't mention valentine's dances or going out with folk but the good scottish word of winchin which which is w-i-n-c-h-i-n if you're posh you put a g on the end of it (laughs) winching or winchin but it's either a verb or a noun
0: right because Winch is a kiss, yes, right. So that that would be the noun a winch. But are you winching means are you going steady, you know. So suppose in modern terms it would be Facebook. Are you in a relationship? You are put
1: that right, But yes. In the good
0: old days, it's, are you winching? Are you winching? Are you, winching? Are you with somebody? Right. Like, so that was and are you winching? Another a good old fashioned West Coast <gasps> chat up line. Like right? the chat up line would go, are you dancing? Are you asking? I'm asking.
1: I'm dancing. <laughs> that's when, when you had to wait at a dance hall for the young man to come over and ask you, are you dancing? <laughs> thank goodness. We might
0: criticise Facebook and its relationship status and all the rest of it, but at least we've moved forward from,
1: those days, from hell. those days. Absolutely. Well, Liz, that's been fun. And thank you very much for coming down to sit at my window looking out on the darkness. Thank you for being my Valentine date, oh, Helen. Lovely. Thank you, Liz. Bye for now. Bye for now.
0: And there we have it, the end of another episode of Scottish Blethers. If you'd like to join us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Scottish Blethers. And if you'd like to leave a review, please do so on your podcast platform of choice. It's cheery bye from me. Ta-ta the noo from me.
1: And if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy from me. Bye. See ya. Bye!